Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier here. Really excited to be back with the latest edition and episode. Really excited as well to have a first-time guest with us today. Uh, somebody I'm uh, I guess I'm excited to introduce him to listeners and viewers. He's been a part of our one of our programs, and so I've gotten to know him quite well. I feel online, uh, and eventually in person, uh, we'll make that happen. Uh, but Rich von Traeger, really excited to have you here today, and. Where I usually like to start is to get the guests to tell us a little bit about their backstory and or journey so our listeners and viewers can get a feel for who they are. So are you able to kind of tell us just a little bit about your backstory? Yeah, no problem, Corey. Again, thanks for having me on. It's great to finally do this and get this done. Absolutely. But the, the backstory is I, I should be dead about three times in my life. Uh, I was born with a disease that uh, doctors told my parents I would die. Um, obviously, 53 years later, I haven't died yet. Um, then I was uh, born with a hearing loss, a horrible stutter, bad eyes, and then I was in a fire accident at the age of 10. I should have died or at least be blind by now because I had second degree burns all, all over my face. And then just recently, uh, I had to go through another uh, ordeal in life and had a liver transplant for unknown cirrhosis of the liver. So my life basically, you encapsulize it and tell everybody, I've defied the odds. I'm still here. I've got three of my nine lives cut down, and I'm still ticking. Wow. That's quite the story. That's amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and of course, another side of it is how long you've spent in the broadcasting world as well. You've been in the broadcasting world for quite some time, and, and so that gives you a unique, unique perspective as well that not everybody has. 25 years as a broadcaster, professional speaker, and again, with my stutter as the backstory. I was told you would never make it, you would never make it, and I've been doing this for over 25 years professionally. People pay me, believe it or not, Corey, to speak, which is really funny for a guy that stutters really badly. Absolutely. And so maybe that's where we should, we should start in. Can you, I guess, tell us, as somebody you know, that struggled with that, what kind of, I guess, self-doubts did you have and that you may have had to overcome, even just to get on a stage in the first place? Yeah, one of the big self-doubts was I was going to sound like a fool. That's probably the most obvious one. But again, uh, my problem was my head and my mouth would not sync up. So I had great ideas, I was told. But when I opened up the mouth, it's like the engine was running too fast. Mm -hmm. And so I would trip over words, cut off thoughts, jump to another thought. Uh, and that's where the tongue gets all tangled up. You get embarrassed and you shut down. So the first one was I had to figure out how to overcome that obstacle of slow down the brain, slow down the mouth and then get confident because I was told you have good stuff. You just can't get it out of your darn mouth. Uh, I was told by a college professor in broadcasting school, no one will ever hire you. They said you have a great voice, but you can't do news. And one of the things I learned was I can't do hard news. I will never do the hard news behind a news anchor desk. But sports broadcasting is all I had living. It's all on the fly. It's all passionate, exciting. I fell into sports broadcasting, and that's been my primary area of broadcasting has been behind the sports mic, and I love going up to see sports. Awesome. Well, I guess then, you know, when, when we talk about the, the speaking side of things, knowing that you started with that sort of backstory and that sort of, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say almost lot in life to get yeah. things started, what was the catalyst, do you think, or what was the driver to make you even want to get on a stage or communicate with people or, or make that be part of your living? Part of it was Harry Carey, uh, Cubs baseball. I grew up listening to Cubs baseball in Indiana. I literally would listen to the transistor radio underneath my bed and listen to Harry Carey. I thought it was great. 
um, watching people on stage, seeing professional speakers. I fell in love with the art. Um, I'm a storyteller by trade, um, and I have stories that I love to share and get out. Um, so I was driven to kind of break through it, defy the odds. I had to learn tricks uh, and little tips that I've learned along the way uh, to help me feel confident. Um, and now, I, again, I love it. But it, it really was that obstacle of forget what other people are telling you. Leave that behind. Don't let them put you in a box. Uh, and then overcome that obstacle and step up to the stage and do it. And the more I did it, um, the better I got. The first time I ever did it was in my church. Uh, I had a pastor say, you're going to preach. I was a teenager. Uh, he knew I stuttered. I got done with the message, and he looked at me and says, that was great. Uh, and that kind of lit the fuse for, I really can do this. I'm, I'm not just imagining it. I really can. And on the stuttering side, I'm sure you share that as part of your story when you're on stages. Do you have, um, and I know, I mean, I don't know the percentage of people that have, have dealt with uh, or been impacted by stuttering. So I don't know the percentage of how big of a number that is. But do you have people that come up to you and say, here's why you inspired me? You know, either I had a stuttering problem, somebody I did, else did, or maybe it's not even stuttering. Maybe they just have a challenge communicating with other people and are blown away that you were able to overcome that. Do you have those kind of things happen at events as well? Yeah, that's a common uh, question is usually, first of all, say, do you really stutter because you didn't do it? So they don't believe that I do it. You know, I've learned so many little tricks along the way. Second of all, then they reveal their stutter. Uh, they reveal their inadequacy or shortfalls that they've been told about. And they are inspired to say, I, I can defy the odds. That's a big part of my message of you, you, you don't have to be limited. Uh, humor is a big way to get through it. I laugh at myself when I stutter on stage. I joke about my tongue and it loosens everybody up. A lot of the tricks I've learned is laugh at yourself. People will laugh with you, not at you, and they'll enjoy the ride. And that's one of the encouragements people often hear. And then they take that away and go, you know what? I, had, I don't laugh at myself. I take myself too seriously. Um, I take myself seriously what I have to say. What I have to say is very important, but how I say it, I really don't care how it gets across as long as I get my message across and helping people relax in that is a huge part of the message. And so for somebody that's never maybe struggled with it, can you talk to this as well, Richard? Is, is stuttering uh, something that, so you mentioned you, you, have, you, you now have strategies to sort of overcome it. So the two part question, one, is it still there? You know, is it still, because you just mentioned when you stutter on stage, so is it still there? And secondly, what kind of, and this is a naive question, but what, how do people develop stutters in the first place? Like, is that something that they're born with and then it shows itself later? Like, I don't know enough about it. So I'm being sort of naive yeah. for the other person watching that doesn't know enough about it. No, that's great, Corey. Uh, yes, the stutter is still there. It is still strong. I have learned tricks. Um, I edit my conversation in real time all the time. If I feel a word coming up that I know it's not going to come across, I'll change the middle of the sentence. The same idea will come out, but what I first thought I was going to say is going to be edited by the time it comes live out of my mouth. And that's a big trick to learn how to do that. Um, my mom stuttered, so I grew up in a household where it was a part of the family. Um, different doctors say different things on this. Some of them say it is something that's wired into you. Others say it's a learned behavior. Some of them say it's just a mental thing you have to overcome. Um, and I don't know the numbers either, but I'm surprised at how many people do stutter more and more I, I don't know if i'm just sensitive to it now or uh people just come out of the woodwork and say hi i'm like you um but there's a lot more people out there that struggle with stutter 
uh, and there are ways to overcome it. Uh, my mom has a horrendous stutter still. She cannot beat it. And one of the things is if I talk to her, even on the phone, mm -hmm. people know I talk to her, my stutter comes back out heavier. So it's like a chain reaction of being around people. Wow. And what's interesting is, like I said, I don't know the percentages, but as you uh, probably recall, somebody in our uh, program as well, uh, Zine, I mean, she's open about it. Obviously, she says it publicly on stages, but even her talk is about how to go from stuttering to standing ovations. Uh, so yeah. even just in our, our speaking program and group, we have another person that struggles with it, and that's that I know of. There might be somebody else that battled it and didn't, hasn't shared that. So I'm sure it's more common than we think. That's what I would guess. You don't hear it as often, uh, you know, just walking around in casual conversation. So it makes you think it's not very common, but I'm sure it's way more common than I realize. Well, um, I think it's Amy Adams. Uh, she's an actress. Yeah. She has a horrible stutter. She was in Superman movies. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of actors. Mel Tillis was a great country western singer. Get interviewed by Johnny Carson, and they would laugh about the whole stutter. He couldn't make it through the interview. But when he sang, there was no stutter. There's a lot of people out there. You just don't realize how many there are. Well, and so that's pretty wild, like Amy Adams, to be able to remember your lines and then also deliver them without stuttering when that's an affliction you have. That's got to be so challenging. Yes. And again, they probably roll a lot of tape and cut around and just let it keep rolling. Uh, and that, that, that's another thing I've learned is just keep going. When it happens, don't freeze up. Again, laugh about it. Um, but again, always just press on because most people will forget about it. But if you make a big deal out of it, it becomes that big elephant in the room and everyone gets uncomfortable. Absolutely. Well, and that's the other side too is, like you said, making light of it, then you're not ignoring it. Because I think it goes the other way too is that it's like if you're on stage as a speaker and let's say you're on stage and it's, it's one of those stages where the lights are just like in super intense and you're sweating and maybe you've been a speaker for 20 years and people think, oh, he's nervous. But if that, they're thinking that, it's, still, it's not going to go away because you ignore it. And so why not make light of it? Why not find a way to make, you know, make a, a joke out of it or something so that you're calling attention to it so it's not like you're pretending it's not happening. And, and that, that's one example, but it could be you know, that you screwed up when you said something. Well, why ignore it? You know what, I, I, uh, my son now is getting into watching wrestling. And so wrestling on TV, well, most people know now that even though the injuries they get are real and some of the impact is real, it's scripted. And so when they screw up a, a, a move, I never understood why the comment, commentators pretended it didn't happen. We all saw it. So why not say, and, and the thing is, it's like they think it somehow diminishes their skill because they screwed up a move. No, in real life, if you're having a UFC fight, you can still trip and fall. So in a, re in a boxing match, you can trip and fall. So why not actually say, oh, look at him. He screwed that one up or whatever, but instead of ignoring it. Or say, oh, he, look, at it, look at the way he connected with him on that whenever he didn't even hit him. I mean, it, it, so anyway, my point yeah, is. No, and, and again, that, that is one of the big things. Address it. Put it out there. There's a great TED Talk that is out there of a gal who her talk is all about stuttering. And she stutters all the way through it. And she talks about get it out in the open. Most people want to hide it. But the more you just reflect it, let everyone at ease, you can roll with that. Um, and there's something about shame and the, the, there's something about that lack of ability to be the rock star or whatever. Um, I have no aspiration to being the rock star, but I know I have something to offer. So that's what drives me, not the rock star status. Uh, and so you, you have to learn to balance those things out and figure out who you really are. And I know you talked a lot about the purpose and the why of life. 
Figuring out your why when you have a stutter is huge. Once I figured out I had a message and the stutter was a part of the message, it's a lot easier. Because now I can bring it into the message instead of making it the hidden secret of the message. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And in fact, uh, one of the things I say is that if you can figure out your why, the how will figure itself out. And so to your point, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the stuttering, you figure out a why that was bigger than the, the fear of getting out there and, and stuttering maybe on a stage. So I love that. And you kind of, as we start to wind down, you kind of answered one of my three questions that I like to ask every guest, because I like to explore a conversation wherever it goes, but then, you know, fine tune it and bring it home with three questions. That's usually the approach I take. And so one of the questions is about finding your why. So you answered that one, you know, about the importance of it. Uh, the second question I have, Rich, and, and I'll call this a to be continued because I know we're barely scratching the surface. So I'd rather have you as a, a part two, if that works okay for you down the road. That'd be great. I'd love to come back. And, and we can explore other sides of what you do. But I also, my last question, I want to ask you more about how people connect with you and and you know if they want to work with you what that looks like but just before i go there last two official questions one is how do you define success for me success is about impacting people i want to make an impact in the world whether it's on the faith side or just on the leadership communication side and i spend time in both those realms and so i want to help people improve what they do um, i've been labeled a coach uh, an encourager so whatever your dream and passion is, I want to help you reach for that. But I think coaching and especially with communicator and leadership, they go together. So I want to help leaders and communicators raise their game, hit their target. Uh, and if I see them doing that, I can sit back and go, job well done. Love it. Uh, so last official question is, if you could jump into a time machine and go back and talk to a younger Rich, maybe you can pick the timeline, I won't tell you the year, but if you could jump back a bunch of years, talk to him, and you could give him a piece of life advice or two based on what you've learned in the years since. What do you think you might tell younger Rich? Well, it would be in high school because the stutter affected my confidence and dating girls was horrible. Horrible with dating girls. Um, I would go back and say relax and, and be bold enough to go for the ask more often. Um, I found out there were a couple of gals that would have gone out with me back in the day if I had asked. Um, so learning the confidence and learning who I was, comfortable in my own skin, relax, roll with it, and go for it would have been a much more exciting thing because in my 20s when I got that point and I began to go this direction of speaking, it was a lot more fun. It just fell into my lap and began to roll, but I waited too long. There probably is things I could have done in the past if I had been bolder and just stepped out and gone for it. Awesome. Well, Rich, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, the last, and I called it the unofficial question, is simply, where can people learn more about your work, connect with you, they want to bring you in as a speaker, whatever that looks like, where would you normally send them? Yeah, I would love to hear from you, please. Uh, Rich Trigger Bond Trigger is on Facebook. That's an easy one. Come and friend me, like me, follow me there. I'm on all the usual platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. But if you want to email me and talk to me personally, Trigger at richbontrager.com is the easiest straight communication. I will personally re reply to you, not a robot. Trigger at richbontrager.com. Uh, and I would love to travel, hit the road, and have some fun with whoever makes that phone call. Awesome. Well, like I say, Rich, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I promised it, and I don't say it without. I don't say it unless I mean it. Uh, let's call it a part one of part or two parts. Uh, it'll stand on its own, but it'll be a two be continued where people get to see you again. So thanks so much, Rich, and hope you have a magical day. Thanks, Corey.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.